we have an absolutely fantastic interview today for you guys here on the show. Unbelievable. We're going to be hearing from a doctor of chiropractic, but you'll see if you listen to this one, how much deeper it goes than just chiropractic. You're going to hear his story, the chronic illnesses that he, that he suffered and how he was able to overcome that, but how that ultimately ended his sports career in high school. But now he's able to help others with the knowledge that he has acquired throughout the years in his healing journey. It's an amazing story that you're going to want to take notes on. I promise you that I say that every single interview and I mean it. Get your notepad out, whether it's a digital device or if it's an actual physical notebook and get ready to take some notes because you're going to hear some amazing golden nuggets drop today on the Game Time Guru. So what time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. My name is Shane Larson, host of the show. Just as a quick reminder for anybody who might be listening to the show for the first time, um, we we launch new episodes every single Friday. We've been doing so for almost six years now. In January, it'll be six total years we've been doing this every single week. We interview people from all across the globe, different uh, stories within the sports world, but sometimes we have a unique twist to it, which is going to be today's um, conversation. We're really excited for that. So if you guys haven't done so already, I'd encourage you to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, or if you want to wait till the end of this you know, interview and, and, and leave a review, please do that. But leaving a review on Apple Podcasts on that platform is super, super helpful for me because it helps get the show out to more and more people. At the time of this recording, we are in 113 countries and in all 50 states. And that's thanks in large part to everybody who's left reviews and have shared the podcast episode. So you, you never know what a simple review or a share or a like or anything of that nature can do. Uh, for the growth of a content creator in a platform like this one. So thanks to everybody who's done so already. And if you haven't, maybe wait till the end of this interview and uh, leave us a leave us a review. So joining us on the show today is a is an individual who I came across on social media and I was intrigued by their their story. And it wasn't even the sports side of things at all. It was more so just what he was kind of promoting some of the products that he was he was talking about and just like how he was talking about the body and how the body functions. Um, from a frequency standpoint. And I, I started to kind of become intrigued with that. And then it wasn't until I, I followed him a little bit more. And I saw, I was like, well, he has a little bit of a sports background too here. And I wanted to get his story out here because I think it's super, super interesting. So joining us on the show today is Dr. Chase Baldmo. And uh, we're excited to hear from him. So Chase, thanks so much for joining us, brother. Oh, thank you for having me, Shane. It's great to be here. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So we say doctor, uh, Dr. Chase Baldmo. So well, you're a doctor in what? Because people are going to be like, oh, hold up. We're talking to a doctor now. Let's let, let's let's chat. So um, talk to us a little bit about your profession and what you're currently doing at the moment. So I am a doctor of chiropractic. So I'm not just a doctor of chiropractic, uh, specialist in toxins and the nerves and just the body finding the root causes. I love that. Uh, where did you go to chiropractic school at? I went to Parker University. It's in Dallas, Texas. Great school. That's super cool. We've actually had a chiropractor on the show before as well. Um, and, and I always love, I love chiropractic. It's, it's actually like such a, it's an internet. That's probably why I'm following you, right? Cause I enjoy that kind of stuff. I'm a huge believer in chiropractic care. Um, I love 
chiropractic. I just didn't want to go to school to be one, but I do, right. I do love chiropractic. Uh, what kind of chiropractic is it? I mean, do you have a specialty Gonstead, any sort of thing like that? Or like, is there something that you do specific or is it kind of an all, all in one encompassing chiropractic care you provide? Wow. Well, <laughs> that's, that's very interesting to describe. I've seen cr crazy cases from all over the world. I work in an integrated setting, meaning I work alongside medical doctors, nurse practitioners. And so we see all sorts of cases. So some cases you need to go more gentle, some more aggressive, and I have all sorts of tools in the bag I can use. So, and so you, you got it all, you got the, the whole, the whole arsenal of tools to help out. So we're going to get more into that in just a little bit, but you know, Chase, I want to kind of rewind the clock a little bit and, and talk to you about like, I guess we want to know how you even got interested in working with the body and understanding the importance of, of these types of things and, and getting there. So let's rewind the clock and, and talk about you and, you know, your body as a younger kid, because it looks like from my understanding, you had a little bit of a sports background and I kind of want to touch base on that. So talk to us about your sports background first and what kind of sports you were competing in and, you know, what your, your love of the game was. Oh, sports is my passion. I love sports. Since I came out of the womb, I was playing sports. I always had a ball in my hand, always playing basketball, football, you name it. So I grew up playing all the standard sports as a child, uh, little league, soccer, baseball, football, basketball. But as I got older, I focused in more on football, basketball, and a little bit on track too. Um, and so any sport, you, uh, I didn't play, you know, competitively but even tennis any sport you throw at me i love it love the game so yeah you you, you were like one of those you remind me of myself just like you know that the sports were kind of where you found your your peace if you will like that's kind of where that's where you like that when i went to sleep when i was younger i used to listen to Stuart scott on espn i'd like sports center reruns were going in the background on the tv while i'd sleep because i love that stuff that's why i do what i do now with the media side of things and i kind of want to know like you mentioned multiple sports multiple sport athlete uh, during that time, uh, did you find it beneficial to be a multi-sport athlete playing multiple sports? Did you find like that to be beneficial or do you feel like that kind of uh, potentially hindered you in some sports? It's a conversation that's been had amongst a lot of people. Like, do you need to focus on one or do you, you want to play multiple sports? Oh, no, I'm a big proponent of focusing on multiple sports. I found that it benefited me growing up. And um, I could translate the skill from one sport and get a competitive advantage to another sport because of my skills in another sport. And you look at some of the best athletes in the world, a lot of the best athletes and what we call some of the greatest in each sport, they are actually never really specialized at a young age. When you specialize at a young age, I feel like you get burnout a lot, but also you overdevelop certain skills and musculature. But when you're a multi-sport athlete, it actually helps your body. It helps your nerves. And you look at, uh, let's look at the last two Olympics. When you look at the Winter Olympics, the, the country that's performed the best was actually Norway. And you look at their model of uh, all their athletes. All their athletes, they do multiple sports, winter sports, you name it. And then they don't specialize till they're older. And the last two Winter Olympics, I think they got their records for the most gold medals ever. So I'm one of those who multi-sports better, but that's my personal opinion. 
you know, I, I no, I love that. So this is the whole point of the conversation because somebody like yourself, like you even mentioned the nerves and that's something I often hear you reference on like your social media channels because it's something that you're in your profession and it's something you're passionate about, like the nerves and like helping those. Like when you mentioned that playing multiple sports helps in, from the nerve function standpoint, like what does that mean? So the listeners that are listening to this be like, okay, hold on. What does he mean by the nerves? Like how does that even benefit the nerves? Because that might be something that people have never thought about. Well, when you think about the brain, anytime you do something new, you're creating new synapses. And so anytime you begin a new skill, you're going to create more and more synapses or maybe connections. So the more different kind of challenging things you do, the more it helps develop your brain, your coordination, whether it's hand-eye coordination, uh, foot-eye coordination, you name it. So uh, the nerves are what power everything. You know, your nerves help you feel. Your nerves give you your senses, your hearing, your vision, your smell, your touch, your taste, you name it. Uh, so the more you can involve the nerves in everything you're doing, whether it's sports, learning, the more you're going to get uh, healthy nerves and a body that functions better and give you a competitive advantage. I love that, man. That's awesome. Super cool to think of it that way. If, if you guys are ever on the fence, anybody who's listening to this right now, uh, you're on the fence of playing multiple sports and you've never thought of it from that standpoint of what it can do to the brain and, and so forth. That's a, that's a huge advantage, which is, which kind of goes into my, my next thing here. I want to talk about this. So you're, you're playing multiple sports as a young athlete. And to my understanding, you were battling with some chronic pains and chronic, you know, issues with the body. Talk to us about like when that began and how that actually affected you as an athlete. Wow. So, well, let's, let's, uh, so I'll tell my story then. So you get a good understanding. I was very healthy growing up. Again, I did multiple sports. I, I could say, I don't want to be too cocky. I excelled in a lot of sports, but I honed into football, basketball on track. So I did hurdles uh, and track and football, basketball, play multiple positions. So what it all started with was Kind of starting in my freshman year of high school, I, I, I lived in different places. I grew up here in Dallas, Texas, and I ended up having to move to Florida. And I, when I moved to Florida, I was playing football, and I kind of started to notice I was starting to get tired. But I still played football and basketball that year, was fine. And then my sophomore year, I played football, but ended up tearing three ligaments in my ankle. Didn't get to finish the season out, only got to play one game, um, but I got my ankle ready for basketball and was able to play basketball. But then, unfortunately, I had something called a hydrocele. So I'm an open book, but what a hydrocele is, for those of you who don't know, it is the testy gets filled with fluid, and I ended up getting accumulating two cups of fluid in one side of my testy. And let's put it this way, it made for a lot of jokes in the locker room as a sophomore in high school, but it got to the point where I had to have surgery, I had to get it drained, and so it's a routine standard procedure, and so I went in, I had surgery on it, you know, no complications, but then after I had my surgery, the, I was given painkillers and anti-inflammatories. And that burned large ulcers in my stomach. So to try to correct that, the doctors gave me more meds. 
And to make a long story short, I would eat my food in my stomach and I had all these antacids in my stomach to where it depleted the acid in my stomach and I couldn't digest it. So before I had my surgery, I was pretty good, big size, pretty big and strong for my, you know, height and position, about 5'10", about 174 pounds. And after this surgery and after these meds, what ended up happening is I kept trying to play football just because I love the game so much. Um, but I got so sick that I lost 50 pounds and my organs started having difficulty. I went to all the best doctors across the country on paper. None of them could help me. And by the time I was trying to play football again, I was a junior, but I just got too sick. I couldn't play anymore because I had dropped so much weight and I did not feel good at all. My GI tract felt awful. And so I had to end up, I was actually moved from Florida to Utah at that time. And then when I got sick, all our connections were here in Dallas, Texas. So we moved back from Utah to Texas where I had more connections. And I went to all the best doctors here too. No one could find it. They ran every single blood test possible, lab, um, imaging, you name it. And they couldn't find what was wrong. And I just couldn't eat anything. I felt this pain in my stomach all the time, weak, tired. It got to the point where I felt like I was dying. And I had, I was near the end. I had heard about this doctor uh, here in Texas by the name of Dr. Uh, Jerry Tennant. And a couple days before I saw Dr. Tennant, my heart rate was only 36 beats a minute, which is really, really low. Normal heart rate should be at least 60 beats a minute. So 36 beats a minute is very low. And then the day I saw Dr. Tennant, my blood pressure was 80 over 40. Wow. So it was really, it was a miracle I was alive because most blood pressures are about 120 over 80. So I was running in half. And again, I was a barely functioning, uh, needed to lay down, sit down all the time. I was near the end. So I heard about Dr. Tennant and he had new ways of helping the tissue revive. So I saw Dr. Tennant and I followed his protocol. I noticed a difference within about a week or two. And then I was completely better within a year after complete, almost being sick and almost dying for two years. So um, it's just a huge miracle and I'm alive. And because I went through this though, I now know ways to help heal the body. So. Whoa, dude, that's a lot to take in as I'm like listening to this. You know, we obviously go through the whole story, but from somebody like yourself, a competitive athlete, you're a young guy, you're dealing with all this. I want to know, like, outside of just the, the physical effects it had on your body, Chase, what were the mental effects that it had? Did you have, did you battle with any kind of anxiety and depression? I mean, you got taken away from the sports that you wanted to compete and then your, your life as you kind of knew it outside of sports that you even was shifted because your health is now deteriorating and you're not probably even able to do simple things like that's crazy. So I'm curious, did you have to go through any like mental battles yourself during that time? Absolutely. Anyone who's had any sort of chronic disease or pain before, uh, what's the toughest part is the mental battle. So for me, again, I was a multi-sport athlete. One of my dreams, I wanted to be able to play sports in college at least. Obviously, 
every young athlete wants to play in the pros. And I had one of my coaches told me, you know what, if you want to, I bet you could play whether college football or college basketball, whatever school you wanted to. And so that was always my dream to be able to play in college or the pros. And so when I got sick and I just, I did everything I could to get on the field and play and practice and games and my body just, I couldn't do it. And that was one of the hardest things about it is having to sit on the sideline and watch everyone else play and thinking, what, this happened to me? You know, I, you know, other people, they, they put their bodies, they, they trash them, they don't take care of them. And I'm the one who got sick from these things that most people don't react to. And, you know, the, the toughest thing was senior year. I was always, every year I was like, okay, I'm going to find out what's wrong. And then I'm going to find this, my junior year. I was like, okay, I'm going to get better by senior year. And then by senior year, I was like, okay, I'm going to miss football this first half. But then, oh, okay, I'm going to be back for basketball. And when I had met uh, Dr. Tennant, I had met him the beginning of my senior year. And so the recovery process is never overnight. It takes time to get tissues to rebuild again and cells to rebuild again. But um, I didn't get to make basketball either. And so it just crushed me. That was the, that's one of the toughest parts. And so you hear about athletes playing it out of their systems. Ah, I never got to play it out of my system yet, but that's okay. Cause now I'm healthier before I got sick and I still play on the weekend. So. No, that's, that, that's actually promising to hear. Uh, but it is good to hear the, like the, the bad part of it too. Cause I want people to understand if you're relating to chase in any, any way, like, he, he probably felt what you guys are feeling, not just from a physical standpoint, but from a mental standpoint. I mean, it, it, it takes a toll on you when you're not able to do and compete in the, in the sport that you love, the sports that you love, and do the things that you just want to do as a normal functioning human being. And especially, like you were saying, it's like this is something that's super routine or has become routine for a lot of people. Take some painkillers here, some meds, da 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 and like, And it's just kind of a routine thing, whether we want to say that's good or bad, but it's just kind of become part of society but your body didn't like that. Um, and so it's just kind of one of those things like how in the world is this going on? Now, one of the things I always say, Chase, is that in sports, there's tons of things that you can translate, skill sets that you acquire in the sports world that you can transfer into your daily lives, with the ups and downs. I always talk about like when I'm coaching basketball, I tell my seniors, I'm like, listen, guys, you're going to have a lot of these peaks and valleys just like life. You know what I mean? You're going to have good games, bad games, bad calls, good calls. There's a lot of the crap that happens in just one game of basketball. Like, but throughout a whole season, but Hey, it's a heartbeat. If it's flatline, it's not a good thing. So you need those to keep going. Right. So there's a lot of skills that you can acquire through sports. I want to know with your experience here, having gone through the sickness and then trying, you know, working to get better and then going into this profession and so forth. Are there any skill sets that you could say, Hey, like I learned perseverance or this or that through like my time playing sports, even though you couldn't compete at the collegiate level, did you acquire any skill sets that you were able to directly transfer into your life oh my goodness so this is the this is the best part about all this well you always have to look at my my personal belief is you always have to look at everything in life as a positive um i i if i could i used to look back on it and be like man what if what if you know but it's changed because i've seen where i am now and so the, the biggest thing I learned from all this is the ability to be able to adapt. And now, because I went through this, and, and you think about sports, 
when people lose a game, when you lose a game, people look at it sometimes as a failure. And I don't think of losing a game as a failure. I think of losing a game as a what it's going to be another stepping stone to you winning in the future. And that's exactly what sports teaches you. And that's what I've been able to translate this to life. And so, you know, with this techniques, I've learned to help get me better and other techniques I've learned, I've accumulated, uh, not only help myself, but can help other people around me. So, you know, I may have missed the opportunity to play collegiately, professionally, whatever it might be, but it was a stepping stone to something, a bigger and better plan for me. And so my personal belief is I'm someone who believes in God and God, I believe, will put you on the path you need to be. I could be better use of my skill set helping others heal more than playing sports. And, and that's okay. Uh, I, one of the best again, lessons for sports is you look at your losses not as a loss, or, but it's a stepping stone to winning. Man, it takes a lot to get to that point. I think your mentality is is something to be it's inspiring because a lot of people are going through a lot less, so to speak, and they probably are, you know, doing the woe is me kind of thing. And that's just nat you know, natural as a human, but to get to that mental space that you're in now where you're you're able to see things in that manner, again, I that's why dude, I always tell people, Chase, I'm always like, if I was hiring somebody for my my job. I, and they told me they were an athlete. I'd look into that because I know that athletes learn those types of things because the mentality it takes to get through certain things, the perseverance you have to go through. A lot of athletes learn from losses. They have to take tough losses and move on with life and they have to deal with it. And some deal with it better than others, but there are like those little things that you're saying right there. That is what I look for in like humans that I want to associate myself with. I'm not saying I only talk to athletes or former athletes, but it's just like, I want someone with that mentality like, like you have. And I think it's super inspiring. Um, I hope people that are listening to this, if you are an athlete right now and you might be taking for granted some of the skill sets, hopefully you don't have to go through what Chase went through from a health standpoint, but there will be times in life where you'll go through some, some terrible things. It's just that that's just how it works, right? Whether it's a death in the family, loss of a job, something is going to suck. Um, if you're playing sports right now, maybe be a little more cognizant of, of what you're learning. Be aware um, of what you're learning and try to take those skill sets with you as you move forward. Um, as we, as we move forward in the discussion, um, I, I guess I got to see if Chase is back on here. It looks like it's circling around a little bit. Let's see. Oh, Let's see if we can pull them up here. Let's do this. There you are. All right. We're good now. Sorry. Right, I cut awesome. out there for some reason. So what no, are you saying? You're good. Let me make sure I pop this out. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, from what I was saying is like, dude, I just hope all the, 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 the listeners out there, all the athletes that are listening, make sure that you're not taking for granted the things that you're learning during your playing days. Be cognizant of what you're learning. Take those with you because there's a lot of things that you can transfer into your regular life, whether you've experienced things yet or not. Uh, but like Chase just said, there, there's going to be things that you'll, you'll experience in life. And my next question, I guess then Chase, you know, as I've studied what you do now, you're on this path of helping others. And, and you just mentioned, you know, you believe that, you know, I always say God, you know, our, our loving heavenly father is playing chess, not checkers, right? 
He always plays chess. He's putting you in the right positions. And sometimes it's like five, six moves ahead of time. And you don't even see that down the road, but he's put you now in a position. He was molding you to be putting you in this position to help other people. And I think he does that with every one of his kids. It's, uh, it's interesting to see that, you know, that's what you're doing now. And you have that mentality and you're aware of that. So talk to us though, about what goes into the, the care that you provide, because on Instagram, your handle, if I'm not mistaken, is healing playbook. Is it the healing playbook or healing playbook? Healing playbook. Yes. Healing playbook. What is healing playbook? Talk to us about this. Like what, what are we doing here? So that, that people know like exactly what you're up to. It's not just, Hey, come into my office. Dude, you've got some, you're sharing knowledge and you, you, to my understanding, you've got a book, like talk to us about what you're doing to help these other people. Absolutely. So, you know, a little, we'll back up a little bit. And when I was going and tr trying to find answers to why I had my health problems, I tried everything. I tried all the pills. You know, they always say the pills are like a Band-Aid. That's what they were for me. They were a Band-Aid. And in some cases, they made things worse for me. Um, I tried to find all the standard screenings where they're looking for a specific disease. Uh, they're trying to name a disease. That didn't work for me either. So the current model, when I think about our, our current healthcare system, what's amazing about our healthcare system is with acute, with acute uh, conditions like... Um, if, uh, if I break my arm in half, our surgeons are amazing at putting an arm back together. We're great at acute care or life-threatening situations. But in our current healthcare system, where a lot of our healthcare system is struggling is with chronic disease and pain. And so I'm talking categories like a chronic pain that won't go away, cancer, autoimmune disease, and this one is especially one I care a lot about being in the sports world is CTEs or head traumas. And so there are so many ways where we're falling short in those industries because one, they're expecting a, a quick fix or a magic pill to fix things. Not always the case. And two, they don't recognize that when you give the body the resources it needs and the energy it needs, the body will heal itself. So when, when I, well, the, one of the things that I found when I found Dr. Tennant is when you look at the body from a physics perspective, it'll tell you a better story. Let's look at my thumb right now. If we were to measure the voltage of my thumb right now, my thumb should be about minus 25 millivolts. And I say minus 25 millivolts because minus electrons are negative. And so it's minus 25 millivolts. If I hit my thumb with a hammer, the thumb should repair itself over time, right? Right. What happens is when you hit that thumb with a hammer, that thumb gets red and inflamed and swollen. Well, you measure the voltage of that, it goes from minus 25 up to minus 50 millivolts. So when you go from minus 25 to minus 50, it might seem like less, but when we're talking about energy or voltage, it's actually more. So that thumb goes up to minus 50 because it's in healing mode. And then it goes and heals and it goes back to normal. Should be about minus 25. The reason my thumb healed is that I had enough energy for it to go and heal and go back. So my cells got damaged. Your cells are your building block of your body. Your cells make up your tissue. Your tissues make up your organs. Your organs make up your entire body system. And so... If I have enough energy, 
I'll have enough energy to be able to make a new cell that works so that things heal and goes back to normal. And that's the case with every part of our body. Every part of your body has a different regeneration rate. So an example, if your skin um, replaces itself every couple of weeks, your stomach replaces itself every three to five days, and your nerves replace themselves every nine months. So no matter how long it takes, the body is self-healing if it has enough energy. But let's say I hit my thumb with a hammer, but it doesn't heal. Well, when you measure the, when it measure the voltage of that thumb that's not healing, whether it's you have a chronic disease or pain with it or even cancer, or autoimmune disease, it'll be anything below minus 20 millivolts. And the reason it's not healing is there's not enough energy or voltage. So when what we do is we take, we are, I'm able to look at the energy of the body and figure out where it's low. And I'm able to give reasons why it's low to, to each individual. And the other thing that's missing in our healthcare system, as I said earlier, is there's a dependence. You have to keep going to a practitioner for a pill. Well, I have the saying that you can fish for someone or teach someone how to fish. I want to teach you how to fish. You don't have to depend on me or anyone else. So where, when you find where the energy is low and the reasons why it's low, you can give solutions to get that energy back up so that the body can heal and replace itself and go back to normal. So I do that using devices. And one of the most common causes of low voltage is dental infection, scars, emotional trauma, toxins, and thyroid issues, as well as low oxygen and the nerves fighting each other. So one, one of the things that when I, when I first went and discovered my illness, one of the things that was keeping me sick was I went and I did a, a mercury poisoning test. And they had tested the mercury levels in my blood before. And when you test mercury levels in the blood, you don't get a complete, you don't get a whole picture. When heavy metals go into your blood or when you get exposure to them, they're in your blood about 24 hours and then they sink into your deep tissues. So previously, my mercury levels said, according to my blood test, was normal. But when I went and got something called a chelation IV, when I got a chelation IV, we went and you do an IV and it brings the metals out and you urinate them out for 24 hours. I, they found that I had 13 C's in mercury poisoning. And so at the time, the only way we knew how to get rid of mercury poisoning was through chelation IVs. So I went and did that every weekend for a couple months. And I went from 13 C's of mercury poisoning to three, which was great. It was an improvement. But the only catch was it didn't get it all out of my system and I had to go over and over again. So this kind of goes back to our, our analogy with sports. In sports, you got to be able to adapt to your game plan. Later on, after I graduated from school, I was able to figure out that every toxin in this world has its own frequency. So when, when NASA... And, and some of the astronomers were first studying the planets. They wanted to know what each of the planets was made of, but they didn't have a ship there. 
They want to know, okay, what minerals and metals are on Mercury? What minerals and, mineral, minerals and metals on Jupiter, etc. But because they couldn't figure it out, what they did is they figured out you can use something called spectrophotometry, that every metal and mineral emits its own frequency. And they're able to discover, ah, Mercury is made of this. Uh, Jupiter's made of this. Saturn's made of this. And so what we were able to do is say this is the frequency of a toxin. I've been able to take it and reverse the frequency of a toxin and drive it in through the body through an advanced form of energy called scalar energy used by the Egyptians and Nikola Tesla. And I've also been able to figure out a way to generate these frequencies in drops that people can take orally so that when you introduce the reverse frequency into the frequency of the toxin, because it's opposite, it takes off, it cancels out the frequency of the toxin called the principle in physics called destructive interference. And this process is allows any kind of toxin can leave your cells in your body, whether it's mercury, aluminum, even down to viruses, bacteria, chemical toxins like pesticides, insecticides, you name it. And so what's cool about all this is it's non-invasive and it'll save people time, money, and resources. So I, I wanted to serve the world and I wanted to teach people how to do these techniques. So I wrote a book that people could do this type of technique at home. And it's called Healing Playbook, Non-Invasive Detox Secrets to Save Time, Money, and Resources. So toxins, again, will destroy a cell as fast as you make one. So when you're healing, you need to make sure you get toxins out of your system. And one of mine that I had was mercury. Um, and that was one of the toxins that was keeping me sick. But as I've gone through my healing journey and picked up new skills, I've also learned some other things about the body that made me sick and and what I learned from sports. So here's another great example. Remember in my story, I told you around ninth grade, I kind of started feeling tired. Uh -huh. Well, when, when I was feeling tired, I had just gotten something called braces on. Most people have had braces. You put a wire across the teeth yeah, to straighten the teeth. Well, a lot of people don't know, we actually, our skull, our bones in our skull are actually meant to move. And it, we have this thing in our body called the cranial sacral pump. So we got this pump up here in our head and one at our tailbone. And this pump pumps back and forth. It goes boom, 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 boom. And what this pump does is this cranial sacral pump, it pumps toxins and inflammation out of the brain and spinal cord and it pumps nutrients back in. And so, our roof of our mouth or our palate actually makes up part of this pump system. And when you put a wire across this pump, guess what? It shuts off this pump. And when this pump doesn't pump, what occurs is you get an accumulation of neurotoxins. So we'll speak about this in the sports world. When I was in football, obviously I had some head traumas. You know, I, I never had any diagnosed concussions in football, but it's just part of the game. Right. And so when I was getting my head hit, I was getting these head traumas and I had braces on at the time in ninth grade. That's when I started my braces. 
because my cranial sacral pump couldn't move, I could not pump inflammation out of my brain and spinal cord and I couldn't pump nutrients in. And that was one of the things that kind of started why I was sick and not getting well. And so when you build up these neurotoxins, it starts to mess with some of your nerves. And so that is part of the reason why I had stomach problems is there's this th nerve that comes out of your brainstem, which sits below your skull line called the vagus nerve. People yeah. hear vagus nerve, they're like, woo, Las Vegas. Well, that nerve is called vagus because it means wandering. That nerve helps fire your heart, your lungs, and your digestion. And so one of the things that started it for me is I had these braces on that shut off my cranial sacral pump. And then I was getting some of these head traumas and it wasn't allowing me to get these nerves functioning right and get the, and it built up toxins so that these nerves had problems and they started to fight each other. And that shut off part of my digestive tract. And um, so it's amazing the connections I was able to make, but because I went through that, I'm so grateful I did because I was able to learn a technique later to help retrain these nerves. And now I'm able to help athletes who have had head traumas to help get them back to the sport. Now, I know it's one of those hot topics. People are like, oh, head traumas, you know. I am a firm believer in sports and there's always going to be a risk in sports. I, I would still go back and play football. And because my personal opinion is people will say, yeah, football causes problems. Soccer pro problems causes problems. I've seen a lot of soccer players with CTE. Um, they say people shouldn't play because it creates head trauma, CTE. But my personal opinion is that I've seen that couches and TVs will kill more people than football and soccer. And so when you just give the body the right resources and train it the proper way, the body and the nerves and the brain can heal. But that's just one of those missing pieces that so many people don't know about. And, and I wish I could get, um, I wish more people knew about this because we can get athletes back faster from concussions and we can help prevent some of those lasting problems from CTEs. And so, um, Anyway, that's just one of those cool things like ah, when you look at the physiology, when you look at the physics of the body, there are so many things you can do to help it heal. You just got to find why it got sick in the first place and you got to find solutions. And what's cool about these solutions and it's this, these principles don't only apply to people who are sick. If you get people's nerves working right, then you can give them a competitive advantage. Um, uh, for several reasons. When the brain stem is working right and you're breathing right, you're going to have better what's called proprioception. That means your brain is going to know where your body is in space. I've seen a lot of athletes where they're, you can test them and you can find, oh, your brain doesn't know where your body is in space. That means you think you're throwing one way, but your body's actually not. And so a coach could work on your mechanics till you're blue in the face. But if your brain doesn't know where your body is in space, it's going to mess with some of your mechanics. So 
when you get the nerves right, you can help the proprioception, which means hand and eye coordination and foot and eye coordination. But also when you get the brain working right and the nerves working right, you can also help with oxygen and breathing. And this is one of the best biohacks there is. When I say biohacks, I mean an advantage. A lot of people nowadays are not breathing right. And it not only affects their health with chronic disease and pain, but it, help, it affects their athletic performance. And so a lot of athletes are trained to mouth breathe. Right. You're actually going to get decreased oxygen and you're actually going to wear down faster when you're mouth breathing only. If you can train the nerves properly and get you to nose breathe while you're competing, which might be hard for some of you to fathom, you're going to get a competitive advantage. Some of the best athletes in the world, sprinters, endurance, basketball, football, soccer, you name it, they're actually nose breathers. They're able to breathe in and out of their nose. And so there are so many things, cool things that I've been able to learn. And it stinks that I had to go through it. But I'm so grateful I did now because now you can not only help people overcome their chronic diseases and pains, but you can also give people competitive advantages. So it's just very rewarding to get to see people thrive. Man, all of this, I'm taking notes. And, and I hope that all the listeners, if they've listened to this podcast before, I always encourage people, most likely you're listening to this on your phone, which is most like podcast apps. Take out your notepad on your phone and take notes of this stuff. This is why I do this show is I want to listen to these guests and listen to what they their expertise, their knowledge, because there are so many golden nuggets. And if you miss something, the beautiful thing about uh, a podcast is you can rewind it and, and replay something and, and take notes because what Chase just shared right there, all of that is so intriguing to me. And I think every one of those concepts that you just shared, there's like three different podcast episodes we could do on the whole entire. Topic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I know you're probably short on time. I could go on and on about different subjects, different sports, different health things, but that's just a little, little bite of everything the body can do. Well, that's the coolest thing though, is like you give us a little bite-sized piece. That's the hook and the story. Now you got the offer. So let's, so healingplaybook.com is where I, I believe you guys have your your products and so forth on there, correct? If, correct? if somebody's interested. And that's for the, you guys go on there, it's the drops that, that Chase was talking about, the little droplets that have the reverse frequencies that he was referencing um, with some of those things. Like, I mean, there's mold, you mentioned mercury in, in your situation, right? But there's like different toxins in the body and he has the reverse frequencies uh, that can help with that. I think this is super, super important. Now, one thing I wanted to, I, I took a note of this. I typed it out while you were talking, the braces conversation. So this is something that gets overlooked all the time. And I'm so glad, I didn't even know that was part of your story, but like you sharing that, it, it gets me thinking again. There are a lot of people, I think Tony Robbins was the first person that was like the big wig to kind of start talking about dental fillings, right? And how like cavity fillings and caps and crowns and yada, yada in the mouth and how that actually affects the body because- of things that's why he says he just gets his tooth pulled and puts an implant in if he has to like if, if he's going to do it he doesn't put any cavity feelings if it's uh, he doesn't do root canals he doesn't do any of that got me thinking because i served a church mission for two years for the church that i that i go to and before i went on my mission i had to get my cavity so i had to do all this dental work and i'm i mean my teeth it sucks i promise you guys i brush my teeth every single day religiously but like i have bad teeth it sucks so i my, my mouth is like covered with like three or four on each side of cavity fillings and it got me thinking, I'm like, huh, um, 
the little things I never think about. And then you're talking about braces and those little things you don't even think about that can have a major impact. So I guess chasing your experience on that, my question was, I mean, do you think that you, that would have impacted you, whether you were playing football or not, or like, do you think braces are like a no go regardless if you're playing football? Cause you were talking about the impact and stuff and like all the little things that came along with it. But what are your thoughts on like braces and potentially like dental fillings and stuff? Because that has come up in the mainstream a couple of times. Oh, the, the dental piece is huge. I, I can't emphasize this enough. Now, um, again, I, I don't knock any professions. Each profession, you're going to get bad and good apples, right? Um, and so there are so many great dentists out there. You just got to find the right ones that do the right thing, do it the right way. And a lot have not known about this just because you know, my honest opinion, uh, a lot of the professional education, a lot of the most practitioners you talk to will admit uh, most professional education systems are like 20 to 30 years behind the times. All the cutting edge stuff is in the private sector. So in regards to dentistry, a lot more dentists are jumping on board about being aware of, of the importance of the mouth. So several things here. Now, one when you go to the dentist and you get a classic dental x-ray, it's like a black and a white and a gray image, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a two-dimensional image and you need more than 50% bone loss to catch infection. And so if you need more than 50% bone loss to catch infection in that imaging, it often goes missed. And so there are several things that I see that affects people's health dental-wise. One of them you already mentioned was root canals. Uh, root canals are one of the most detrimental things to the body because what happens is in a root canal, let's say this is a tooth, they'll take, they'll drill through the tooth and they'll remove the arteries, nerves, and veins, and then they'll fill it in. The problem is there's this layer of tissue that surrounds it called the dentin. And the dentin has living tissue, but when you've taken away the blood supply from a tissue that requires it, it's well known in physiology that that tissue will die. And so as this dentin's lost its blood supply, it loses oxygen, it begins to die, and this infection ends up getting into the jawbone. Now, one of the interesting things I see is that each tooth actually goes to different parts of the body. So I think of your teeth like the circuit breakers of our body. If I'm to come in this room and turn on the light, but the light won't turn on and I try to plug in my phone and the phone won't plug in or charge. I'm like, Oh, okay. Nothing in the room is working electrically. I go to my circuit breaker. Sure enough. Oh, it's flipped. I flip it back on. Right. Your teeth are your circuit breakers. So when you have this dead tissue that gets in your jawbone, what happens? It's like flipping a circuit breaker. The same thing can occur when you've pulled a tooth. If you pulled a tooth and the ligament from the tooth was left in, that requires a blood supply. And you've lost that blood supply, that tissue dies and you can get into the jawbone. Um, there's mercury fillings in teeth too that can deaden it. And titanium implants can deaden it. And even, uh, this is especially common for people who've had their wisdom teeth pulled, ligament gets left in and that tissue dies. So each tooth leads to a different organ. So an example is 
our top molars and our bottom premolars, those actually influence your spleen and your stomach. But not only do they influence your spleen and your stomach, they'll influence various muscles. So the stomach muscles, the stomach fires, the muscles of your pecs, your rectus abdominis, your quads, all the way down to the top. So someone could have a root canal in their top molar and it weakens their stomach and their stomach muscles, those muscles I just mentioned. And when you weaken your muscles, you're more prone to injury in those muscles. So it's very common for athletes to come in with, ah, I tearing my ACLs. I keep getting this pec strain or a pec tear. I keep getting diastasis recti in my abdomen. And I don't know why. Well, it's because they have a tooth that's infected. So what you do is you have to go to a specialized dentist called a biological dentist. These dentists take something called a 3D cone beam scan. And what a 3D cone beam scan is, it's a three-dimensional image that allows you to go above, down, inside, out. And because it's so detailed, it'll actually catch infection. When they catch infection, what they do is they have to remove the infection. And in most cases, they'll usually have to pull a root canal tooth or uh, like a titanium implant. And what they do is they take your blood and they spin it and they create something called platelet-rich fibrin or platelet-rich plasma. That's like stem cells for your body. They pack it in there and then they add something called ozone to the area. And that ozone is pure oxygen. It not only cleans out and kills off any remaining bacteria, uh, viruses, or mold and fungus in there, but it also helps activate those stem cells from the PRFPRP so that it heals properly. So I kid you not, it's really, I, I see this every day. You can correlate athletes' different muscle problems with different dental infections. And I've seen that in people who've had their wisdom teeth pulled. If you've had a wisdom teeth pulled and you get a dry socket or they left dead tissue in there, that can affect your heart. It can affect your small intestine. It can affect your parasympathetic system, which is your rest and digest part of your nervous system and your sympathetic system, which is your fight or flight system. And that'll affect various organs, like your sympathetic muscles help fire your trap muscles. And so it's just so cool. When you look at the body, the body is one big electrical piece, power line. I mean, the heart, heart rate's the measurement of the electricity of the heart, but your muscles have this too, your nerves have this, and you can make connections of chronic injury problems with low energy in these systems. And one of the most common ones I see is dental infection. So from a non-athletic perspective, an example I could give you too with chronic disease is a majority of the breast cancer patients we've seen, they've had a root canal in either the top molars or infection in their top molars and bottom premolars. It's because for females, the breast is run by the stomach. So it's just so cool. Um, if you're someone out there that has these chronic injuries, chronic problems, there's probably something going on in your teeth. Wow, dude, that is so insightful. Like I li literally am like geeking out right now because this is so crazy to me. Like it, it's, it's wild how the little things that you don't even think of. I just mentioned it earlier, even taking meds, it's become routine. Go to the dentist, get your cleanings, da, 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 da. But then if you have cavities, get them filled, get your root canal, get a, all that stuff. It's become routine in society. And we don't really think, I think it's just because we don't have enough people to educate. 
on the potential repercussions of that. Um, and which is partially why I like to do use this platform is to get it out to people because you never know, like who's going to hear it. That's going to be like, Holy cow. That's wild. So that's why I'm glad that you shared that. Now, Chase, where can we find you guys to find out more information? I, I mentioned healingplaybook.com. Is there any other locations, social media? Uh, where can we find your book? Like all this stuff. Like I want to, I know, I want to know how people can find you outside of just listening to this podcast. Absolutely. So yes, you can check us out at healingplaybook.com. You can also find us on Instagram on Healing Playbook. And you know, for those of you who are worried, I'm I'm out in Texas, and people are like, I gotta come out and visit. Um, I see people virtually to help find root causes to problems. And also people can come in in person too. But uh, the, the beautiful part about the day and age we live in is the, the telehealth. So if you're interested in that, you can visit healingplaybook.com, follow us on Instagram, Healing Playbook. But again, um, you just like in, in sports, um, we'll, we'll bring this back to another sports analogy. Some of the best athletes I know they, they go out and they're go-getters themselves. Uh, you know, some of the athletes out there, maybe some of your teammates or yourself, you might be like, oh, I got to have someone giving me instruction all the time. But when it comes to the body, again, there's, they're in health. This culture has created a dependency on others. I don't want you to have to be dependent on me or anyone else. We want to teach you all the correct principles. We want to teach you how to fish. So that's what we're all about. So yeah, follow us on Instagram, visit healingplaybook.com. I have an app ready. I just got to get more content on that uh, I'm going to be rolling out here called Healing Playbook on the Playbook app. And if you're interested in learning about toxins and how you can do that from home, there's going to be more on that app on Healing Playbook app, but also you can read my book uh, on Amazon. It's called Healing Playbook, Non-Invasive Detox Secrets to Save Time, Money, and Resources. But again, these principles aren't just for those who are sick. You can get the competitive advantage. You can get great biohacks and you can perform even better. You just got to get the nerves functioning again and give your body the resources it needs to heal, recover, you name it. Man, what an amazing opportunity to learn from you. I, I am so glad that we made this happen because this has been, it's, it's been a little under an hour and I feel like I got more than my four year degree at Boise state university. So <laughs> that's just wild, man. Super, super cool. I'm going to make sure we put all the links here in the description. So for those who are listening, check your device, go into the description of this podcast and you can find the links to his Instagram, to his website. And if you want to, you know, get a hold of, you know, Dr. Chase Falmo, make sure to hit him up. Uh, he's pretty responsive. I hit him up on Instagram. I don't know if it was you or your wife or whomever's running that account, but it was like, Boom, boom. Within the same day, I got a response. It was within a, like an hour or so. Like I was like, holy cow. So I know he responds. I, I, I can at least attest to that. So super cool, Chase. I appreciate you, man, uh, for joining it. And I, and I hope the listeners, you know, took something from it too. And for all those who are out there, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Again, leave us a review. Let us know what you thought of this interview. And uh, we'll be coming to you next week with another one. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.